0: on life well good evening and a very warm welcome to lucas on life and it being sunday evening i imagine that the so-called day of rest has actually been fairly busy for many of us church services with all the family chaos that goes on before we get the kids out of the door sunday school serving flower rotors, greeting visitors And then some of us go back to church in the early evening and do it all again. Day of rest, not likely. Perhaps we're feeling rather exhausted by the whole thing, not least because it's been this way for years. It's our life. Stephen Covey comments on the unreal expectations of our culture in his book, First Things First. He said, People expect us to be busy, overworked. It's become a status symbol in our society. If we're busy, must be important. If we're not busy, we're embarrassed to admit it. Busyness is where we get our security. It's validating, popular, and pleasing. It's also a good excuse for not dealing with the first things in our lives. Just a couple of days ago, a world leader made headlines by announcing that she is putting her foot on the brake. Jacinda Ardern, the Prime Minister of New Zealand, is resigning ahead of this year's election, saying she no longer has enough in the tank to lead. Making her announcement, which leaves her political party in a tough place to be selected, Ms. Ardern was emotional as she shared how six challenging years in the job had taken such a toll upon her. She steered New Zealand through the COVID 19 pandemic and its ensuing recession, the Christchurch mosque shootings, and the White Island volcanic eruption. She said that the past five and a half years have been the most fulfilling of her life, but leading the country during crisis had also been so difficult. She's burned out. Now, burnout is not simply a result of working long hours or juggling too many tasks, though those might both play a role. The cynicism, depression, and lethargy that are characteristic of burnout most often occur when a person is not feeling in control of how their life is going, how a job is carried out at work or at home, or is asked to complete tasks that conflict with their sense of who they are and what they should be doing, and then working towards a goal that doesn't resonate with us, or feeling like we lack support if we don't tailor responsibilities to match a true sense of calling, or at least take a break once in a while and slow down, we can face burnout as well as the mountain of mental and physical health problems that often come along with it, including headaches, fatigue, heartburn, and an increased vulnerability for the misuse of alcohol, drugs, or food. So let's slow down. Tonight, It's Lucas on Burnout. I stared at the envelope and tried to halt the rising feeling of dread that sickened my stomach. Printed on the corner of the stern brown stationery was the logo of the Surrey Constabulary. I could not believe it. I'd been caught speeding yet again the hapless target of a motorway overhead camera. Now, I wouldn't like to make light of my crime and try to extract any humour from my being caught because speeding kills people and I was guilty. Never mind that I was only four miles over the limit or that it seems that speed cameras have become a major source of income for local authorities these days. That's not the point. I was speeding. Last time it happened, I was forced to attend a speed awareness course. A sorry, shamed-looking group shuffled into a lecture room for a three-hour event designed to show us just how devastating speed can be. I actually enjoyed the experience and stayed behind afterwards to thank the instructor for a good evening, who responded by looking at me as if I was quite mad. I graduated from the course, which was no great achievement because you just have to be there, and I vowed that I'd slow down a pledge that I sadly broke with my excessively quick driving. You see, I live my life at speed. I eat quickly and I can't think why. Savouring the flavours of food has never been my style and I wish I could say that I was raised in a large, hungry family where if you didn't eat your chicken quickly, it would be snatched off the plate. But that's just not true. I just race through my food because I race through everything. I speed read, preferring to skim over sentences rather than fully digest the words. I multitask, steam through to-do lists, and fume in rush hour traffic jams, where congestion means that the one thing you can't do is rush. I get things done so that I can get on to the next thing, but there's always something else to do, somewhere else to go, some other experience that demands that whatever I'm doing, it won't be for long. Lately, I've been asking myself, why the haste? If I'm to avoid the burnout shared by the premier of New Zealand, I need to think about the way that I'm doing my life because rushing is an unconscious habit, one that's hard to break. I dash without thinking. I don't have to be late under pressure or behind schedule in order to be in a hurry. Slowing down takes conscious effort. In a world of fast food and high speed Wi-Fi, it's easy to just go with the flow, even if the flow is a torrent rather than a trickle. And then I rush simply because I always have. It's my default setting. I have no idea how long my mother was in labor when I came into the world, but I do know that I arrived very early, very prematurely. Perhaps I took minutes rather than hours to make my appearance and having received a slap from the midwife, I proceeded to ask when school would be starting. And then there's the subtle pressure to be busy, because haste offers proof that we are in demand, and that those who need us must get in line or take a number. Slowing down is just so hard. When I relax, I feel guilty. Going on holiday takes serious mental and emotional preparation. Suddenly finding myself without activity and the rush created by rushing, I can spiral down into vague depressiveness, enduring rather than enjoying those lazy days of sunshine. But as the speed awareness course demonstrated with horrifying illustrations, speed is truly devastating and not just on the roads. I've made super swift decisions that proved to be disastrous, messes that could have been prevented with some pause, and I've wasted too many beautiful moments because I've not been fully present in them, quickly dashing on to the next thing, which I hoped would be better, which it generally was not. Life lived like that becomes something to get through rather than an experience to savour. If I want to become more like Jesus then a better rhythm won't be a luxury but a necessity. He knew how to say no. At times, he evaded the madding crowds and commanded his friends to come apart for a while, presumably so that they wouldn't fall apart. So if we are living frantic, cluttered, frazzled lives, living hurtling at warp speed towards burnout, let's ask God to help us to take time to just do nothing. What is Jesus doing right now? One biblical picture has him sitting down at the place of final accomplishment and ultimate comfort at the right hand of the Father. So today, if we're busy, perhaps too busy for God, well, thank you for your tireless faithfulness. Sincerely, thank you. But if you're frazzled, hassled, worn out and weary, just take some minutes to just be with that seated Jesus and join him. Go on, take the weight off. We're talking about burnout. Feverish excitement broke out in the Lucas household when a new container of tomato ketchup arrived. Now, a confession like that probably paints us as a sad family that needs to get out more if we get giddy and don party hats every time the groceries arrive. But this was no ordinary ketchup. The makers of it, ever eager to improve on perfection, have produced what looks like an upside-down ketchup bottle with the cap on the bottom. This simple revolution means that the red stuff is always pulled down by gravity, and so no shaking is needed, and there's no delay when we want to garnish our eggs. The the quick-on-the-draw idea was born when the company asked customers how their iconic product could be improved. They told us, The ketchup is perfect the way it is, said a spokesman. Their concerns were more about access. And so the boffins at Ketchup Central went back to the drawing board and the new packaging means that we now live in the age of spring-loaded sauce. Ketchup ready when you are, chortles the label. Hallelujah. It's celebration time. As a self-confessed quickaholic, My name is Jeff, and I haven't got time to tell you my last name. I've always found the two-second shake and wait with the sauce so frustrating. As I mentioned earlier, I eat at high speed, as if I'm afraid that someone's about to steal my meal. And I prefer the shampoo with the conditioner combined. It saves me time. And speaking of showers, I begin most days slightly damp because I don't like to hang around to fully dry off. Seconds matter, I know too much information. When my computer takes longer than usual to download my emails, I twitch. I know that life is a marathon designed to be a comfortable jog, but I tend to tackle it at speed. Ironically, by going fast, I end up being late. Trying to squeeze too much in before I drive to an appointment, I calculate precisely how much time is needed for the journey, fret all the way, pray for red lights to turn green, and arrive white-knuckled, agitated, and late. And I create complicated and yet more time-consuming problems by reacting rather than responding, rushing with mad haste to press send in response to an irritating email. I rush. My fear is that I'm going to continue to hurtle through the whole of my life at a rate of knots, which will lead to my premature death. When they throw me in the grave, my body will thrash around for three days just because of the momentum. My challenge isn't jet lag, I think it's life lag. As Lily Tomlin famously said in the rat race, even if you win, you're still a rat. So I'm asking Jesus, and I invite you to join me, he who is the Prince of Peace, but the Prince of Poise, to help us to slow down, to break before we break. I can't go on a long sabbatical rent a monk's habit and go all contemplative. I can't abandon my responsibilities. But you and I, we can stop to breathe, allow laughter to linger, refuse to allow the schedule to become a god, and leave on a journey an hour early so that it becomes a trip and not a race. We can do some frivolous and useless things just for the sake of doing them. Raise a glass to a sunset, go for a walk in the sea, fully clothed, and read a novel for no other purpose than relaxation. Slowing down, it might prevent breaking down. As I thank you for joining me tonight as we've been reflecting on burnout, I'm aware that I've used a word, frazzle. What is frazzle? Well, Brady Boyd in his book, Addicted to Busy says, frazzle is when you can't hold a thought in your mind for two seconds before it disappears into thin air. Frazzle is when you can't concentrate on A because you start thinking about B and C. Frazzle is when there's a washing machine in your head and it's permanently set on spin cycle. Frazzle is when you can't find peace and quiet in the quietest, most peaceful place. Frazzle. I love that prayer that children often whisper at the end of the day. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. The original version of that prayer was written by Thomas Addison, the co-founder of The Spectator. It was published in the magazine in 1711. When I lay me down to sleep, I recommend myself to his care. When I awake, I give myself up to his direction. So why not this evening try night prayer? As we've been thinking about the burned out premiere of New Zealand, And let's remember Jacinda Ardern in our prayers. Let's go back to that part of the world and take a leaf out of the New Zealand prayer book. As I pray this, may you rest well tonight, safe in the care of our sustaining God. Lord, it is night after a long day. What has been done has been done. What has not been done has not been done. Let it be, amen. See you next time. Lucas on life.